Bonnie Ellis, and this is the Exceptional Admins Podcast, where I invite admins, executives, and influencers to come together in an intimate setting. The world for administrative professionals doesn't just involve basic tasks. It includes an array of requests, challenges, and triumphs. During each episode, you'll be a witness to candid conversations and hear and join in on many, many laughs. And for those that know me, it wouldn't be complete without thought-provoking moments. The distinguished guests sharing time with us during each episode believe in the admin profession and have much to contribute to the greater good of executives, their admins, and organizations. Now, let's get to today's topic. Have I got a resource for you guys. I am a huge fan of handwritten notes. I love to have stationery at the ready. I can be found buying cards when I'm out, whether they're a blank card with a funny picture on the outside. But in this case, I'm bringing to you today a stationery studio that's available on Etsy through an amazing designer called Anya Powell. She's out of Duluth, Minnesota. When I ordered stationery from her, I received this beautifully wrapped package. She really thought of every detail down to the tissue paper holding all of it together. And I was so impressed that I reached out to her. I gave her high marks on her customer service and said, I want to tell my audience about you. She was so honored that I thought to go the extra mile to connect with her. And so I'm connecting you guys with her by means of telling you about her amazing stationery and what she does to deliver to you guys a custom product. So consider today ordering your own custom stationery to have at the ready to send out those very sweet, not often thought of touch through a handwritten note to someone today. You're not doing your job as well as you could be if you're not providing feedback at the times that you should be, because ultimately you have the most insight in the company at times. Mm-hmm. And well, well, well. Welcome everyone to another episode. I am kind of high energy more than normal right now uh, with my guests because we just spent a few minutes catching up and um, so much is clicking for her. And she's nodding as I'm saying that. And my guest today is Taylor. Uh, we're going to talk very quickly. <laughs> Uh, which is also another reason why I have high energy. And so does she yesterday. We were together all day. We were together all day at the spring EA university event. Uh, truth be told, she actually came back and this was her second time. And she came back to the second time with the same speakers, Alan and Megan, who are amazing. And I remember during happy hour yesterday, I was mentioning how you had come in the fall of 21 and how I guaranteed you were listening from a new place. And you absolutely overheard me talking about you, uh, which was all in good spirits, of course. And you came over and you're like, absolutely. And then you had this energy at the cocktail table and you were kind of talking about, you're just in a different place in your role, which my guest Taylor, I'm very honored that I put her where she's at with a very small boutique company that is scaling and doing very cool things in the private equity space. And so we're going to talk about EAU for a hot second because she's already less than 24 hours after attending yesterday, used some of the tools and she's just, she's so excited and she's smiling. So Taylor, thank you for spending some time with me. It's great to virtually see you now uh, within less than 24 hours, having been with you all day yesterday. So thanks for joining me here on the show Uh, real quick before you speak, you guys, she's a little nervous. She's a little nervous, but I know she's going to do great. And so everyone, thanks for listening, tuning in Taylor. Thanks for spending some time with me today. 
Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's um, great to be here after yesterday. So excited to get into it. Awesome. And so just real quick, you already had, here we are 11 o'clock mountain time on Friday, the 27th of May. You already had a meeting with your executives this morning. That was probably pre-planned, right? Cause you were out of the office yesterday uh, doing you professional developing yourself. Uh, we had 21, uh, attendees in the room, which was so awesome more than in the fall, which was exciting. And so tell us a little bit about that meeting already this morning and the tool this, that you've already used. Well, yeah, going off of what you said previously, it is nice to be coming back to a university after my previous time, because it is in a completely different space mentally where I was. And now I'm hearing things differently and I'm picking different tools that I may not have needed or understood previously. So going off off of that from yesterday, we talked about the difference between a um, time blocker where you're just blocking time on calendars, but there may not be a lot of intention behind it. And from there, moving towards an energy manager. Mm. So I had distinguished that this morning with my executives and said there's a vast difference between the two. Um, And they took that very well and they heard it from a different space and I saw them perk up. And Mm. it's so awesome because in EA University, you talk all of the time about use this language and you will notice your executive perk up and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, she used this word. Mm -hmm. And it definitely, it played out perfectly in my mind from what we talked about yesterday. And it was really cool. So awesome. And that's a big theme with EA University is just the perspective if we're using standard vocabulary that literally has been trailing in this career since the secretary era, we're not showing up different yet. We're asking to be viewed differently. So yeah, that's a lot of stuff that's covered at EAU. I have goosebumps that you've already started and, uh, that it, it, it just, they're listening from a new place because your words are different. And I am such an adamant on the communication and how you're showing up. And you actually used another term, which I said yesterday and everyone's nodding right in the group. If you're telling them the buzzwords that they hear from peer groups or, you know, big podcasts like Tony Robbins, like I'm here to help you scale your business. And you're using that language to them. They want to lean into you to help them do that. Because even though they realize you're doing that, they don't truly understand that that's your value. And I know you keep nodding at me. So you use that this morning as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Super awesome. Freaking love the whole day together. Uh, okay. So now let's get into our episode, which by the way, what a gift that that was this morning. We were together again yesterday and your entire uh, t- set of questions here for us is about that communication piece. And so I'm, I'm super blessed that you, um, even though you're nervous that you are joining me here today to have this conversation for others to take it in and then act. So give us some backstory so we can kind of connect with you from a a relatability standpoint, you know, tell us about your first job and what it was. (laughs) So I've done on many different first jobs, um, (laughs) but mostly was in the restaurant background before I moved into healthcare, Um, worked several restaurant jobs, was a sous chef at one point, managed a coffee shop, assistant manager. And those are a lot of great skills that actually built towards what makes me a good EA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And what lessons did you learn from any one of those jobs? Multiple lessons. Well, the first one that comes to mind is problem solving mm-hmm. in a fast paced environment and being able to work under pressure and also 
stay calm as well. That's always going to be a huge one with anyone that works in restaurant industry. It's a great skill to have, but most importantly, what I learned was um, being an effective leader and strong communication skills and how important that is. Um, And I think if I could rephrase the question, it's almost not what I did learn, but what I didn't learn that I'm now being pushed to learn now. Um, I find that a lot of times we don't even realize we're shying away from our weaknesses. Mm. And now I'm in a position where I'm being pushed out of my comfort zone and being pushed into vulnerability. And in our careers, we want to be perfect. So we run away from that uncomfortable feeling. And now I'm like, man, it's all, I'm seeing it so clearly, but it is uncomfortable and it's okay that it's uncomfortable because that's what I'm going to learn the most. I'll never forget our first call. And then I'll never forget the call that we had when you landed the role and like, you know, wanting to lead, wanting to do more. And then I told you to embrace the weight, embrace the period. And I loved that you brought up often yesterday leadership. And while, yes, that's a large part of how I want to inspire admins, that leadership is a part of their role. Leadership is different than kind of the standard general term, like lead people and inspire them. Um, so I think that's awesome. And as an outsider, I would say slightly your mentor and you're definitely your elder. It's been so wonderful to see you develop almost on a monthly basis. And so I think that's really neat that you, which is what I loved, which is a future question. Um, what I love about your perspective on how am I making an impact? What did I gain today? And so on. Uh, you even have the EA method journal that was given out yesterday. And so I'm excited to kind of see in the next few months, how you use that, uh, to, um, elevate your impact. Um, I don't want to say level up cause that's so standard. I want to know how you're elevating your, uh, impact. And then also kind of that perspective piece with those back pages and some of the other categories in the journal. Um, if you could go back to 2020, the year, those four digits, like literally give people like kind of a heart palpitation. Uh, what advice would you give yourself during 2020? Ooh, I, playing small to avoid scrutiny personally is something that I was going through. Really? Um, you were working, and, uh, I believe that year. Yes. Correct. Yeah. 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 And I know we talked about this yesterday in EU, EU university or EA university, Mm -hmm. excuse me. There's a difference definitely between constructive criticism and people wanting you to be smaller for their comfort. Mm. And for me, I learned a lot that I wanted to be smaller so I wouldn't get that scrutiny. And now that I'm in a role that I am, I'm given a lot of autonomy and it's time to be myself. It's not time to play small. And so it's unlearning those habits of trying to fit into the corporate work environment and play safely. And now it's, it's me needing to step up and it's trying to unlearn those habits. When we talked right before you got started, I told you this is going to be a really big thing for your life. You remember that? Oh, I do. Yes. (laughs) It has served you. Hasn't it? My crystal ball, which is my elderness. (laughs) that I called that out for you. Yeah. So excited. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role today and kind of what you're doing. 
let's remove the title executive assistant for the listeners. And let's just, you know, we all say Jack or Jill of all trades, you know, wearing many hats kind of walk us through. Cause I know there's been some great evolution since once you, once you started, it's a small company, literally like the kitchen sink, taking everything uh, at the beginning. And it's really beautiful to the word evolution versus growth that many of the listeners know I use that I talk a lot about during EAU. Tell us a little bit about the role that you're in today, please. Yeah. So right now, currently supporting two executives and they're vastly different. So there's a lot yes, of they adaptability are. Yes, they that are. is going on in my end currently. So you also mentioned it yesterday where one executive is very thorough. He knows what he wants. He writes it all out, gives me an extensive amount of notes. And then I have another executive who is a little unsure of the direction and how he needs to be supported. And it is up to me to kind of develop that for him in some ways and and collaborate. And so it is being very flexible and being able to adjust depending on the person that I am supporting. And it's, it's been a huge learning experience for me so far and stepping into my confidence and knowing that I have all of the answers within myself. And if I were to give anybody else advice, I need to give myself that same advice and trust it and lean into that. And the power of the positive no, which came up a couple of times yesterday, I am reading it uh, full disclosure. I think I'm like on page 10, so I don't have any wisdom from the book yet. Um, but it, I'm sure at some point in this book, just kind of making a healthy assumption that, um, it's talking about who's your audience. And, and we talked about this. I think we kind of stuck around this really great point of the word no, which attached to boundaries, uh, at yesterday in a no, doesn't have to be just that two letter word. Uh, and also specifying, Hey, and I remember talking to one of the other attendees based on what you've said, I'm also making a healthy assumption that you are saying this as well. Do I hear you correctly or not? And then Alan gave us that, that great 10, 50 and 90, uh, tool, which is really awesome. So yet yeah, knowing your audience. Um, so that's really key, especially when you have two vastly different individuals, um, but they're also business partners. So that's kind of a gift to know that it can work. Uh, but the adaptability, uh, is really key. And we talked about that too, a little bit. Uh, you said something once when we were on one of our calls that I loved, I can't wait to fail. Ugh, I can't wait to fail. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what that meant. And it, it really ties to sort of that really great answer about, you know, not playing small. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you said, I can't wait to fail. Yeah. Well, at the time when I had moved into this position and I wanted to, of course, be perfect Oh, yes. and it's moving out of this paralysis, so to speak, that you get into when you are trying to be a perfectionist, it, um, it takes you away from actually being able to do your job and do it well. And for me, it was kind of a, a an item that I had come up with in my head, fail hard mm. when I send an email. And, you know, that was my way of after I've already done my, my review of the email two, three times, it looks great. Maybe I've even done my five minute walk away and come back and it still looks Love good. Five minute rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it is fail hard. And I hit send because when I, when you get stuck, you're so worried about being perfect, but you know, not everything's going to be perfect hundred percent of the time. And if it is, we're never going to grow. We're never going to mm-hmm. learn. Mm-hmm. And that was something that's kind of helped push me into finding myself in my role 
and understanding that that's the only way I'm going to learn is by making a mistake now and again, and that is okay. And you talked about it a moment ago in the sense of confidence um, and just kind of thinking real quick. I'm kind of taking us on a tangent. I don't mean to. Um, so maybe I won't ask my question just yet so we can keep going. But I, I just, for the listeners, it's really key. That is terrifying to fail. She was also new in her role. And like, is she going to get fired? Like all of these. And I talk about this too, during EAU, that negative feedback loop. I'm so excited. That's really serving you guys. Right. Obviously I'm being sarcastic. Right. So really taking it. And I've actually mentioned this yesterday to, uh, if not the whole group, a few of the ladies try to take some micro risks with safe people at the office who know you authentically, who know that you are a total badass, and who know that you get stuff done when you like, Hey, I'm going to try something new. I want you to be my subject. Um, then you have a chance to do the fall down that she's mentioning and get back up with building the strength. Just like, I'm not going to go ask you to run a marathon and you've never trained. Like it's, you've got to have those, that training, you've got to have that as a part of your day to day. Uh, can you say, um, you have, uh, failed, um, I don't like my question. I've got a typo anyway. Uh, can you say you have a failure each week in your current role? Tell me how that's going. So as I've been working through this, I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure. I would call it progress. Oh, say and- that again. I wouldn't call it failure. I'd call it progress. Is that what you just said? Okay. Love it. It helps flip the script in my mind. Excellent. Um, Because yes, I I think every week there is some sort of mistake, but it's bringing me closer to mastery is what Mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. And, and the goal for me is no longer to be perfect because I believe that's unattainable, Mm -hmm. but I want to continue to evolve and by making mistakes every week, I am learning. And I think we do as EAs put so much pressure on ourselves to be known as the perfectionist, to be perfect. And that pressure can almost be debilitating if you Mm. let it get to you. So I think it's okay knowing that you are amazing at your your job. You are the best at it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are perfect hundred percent of the time. Mm. Mm-hmm that connects to a kind of a question that happened during the post-it notes exercise on just like being able to sort of be indispensable a little bit. Um, we have with that desire for indispensable, especially with the sort of chemistry of the air of, am I going to get laid off? And am I going to keep my job? Am I going to be asked to take a pay cut? Like so many of those negative things, I think it's really powerful one. And by the way, I'm going to point out to you, the listeners are going to hear me love the word choices you have. You didn't say growth. You said evolve. Uh, you said get through versus get over, which are some of my twists. And, um, do you remember what I kind of declared at the top of yesterday with regards to a perfectionist for myself? that you are a recovering perfectionist. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. I was wondering if you were going to remember. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone listening, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And on this side, it's very exciting and joyful and graceful. Um, but obviously I can be a perfectionist on, uh, at the drop of a hat. I think that's really awesome. And the question was, you know, can you say you have a failure each week and you made a good point 
which obviously I ask these questions in a particular way and I love how you're spinning it. Right. And that's such a big part of the perspective of just one, the coaching that I do and the encouragement that I do. And then what happens throughout EA university, you're trying to go through each week, having a progress, right? Uh, imagine we're all in elementary school, our teachers running that progress report of how are you doing with your ABCs? We kind of got to go back to the simple basics of how are we evolving? Um, and I think that's really awesome. And I think mastery was a great word as well. And, uh, being a recovering perfectionist still hold true to being a perfectionist. Cause that's what helps your brand, which came up a lot yesterday as well. And I think it's actually really great that you said the word, um, debilitating, that paralyzing element of spending five extra minutes to read a, an email and then you hit send and you're like, it was too much or which we talked about yesterday. Are they going to even respond? Is there too much in this email? Should there be less? And then you're debilitating, like it should be simple. It shouldn't be as complicated. And that comes with the curse of, you know, wanting to be exceptional, which yes, I want everyone to be exceptional. Obviously I like that word. Uh, when you, when we worked together, I shared with you wisdom that this role would be, a, would be pivotal in your growth. And I kind of just teed it up a second ago. It would be pivotal in your growth. Do you agree? And tell us why it's been pivotal. I a hundred percent agree. I may not have wanted to agree at the time. <laughs> It's true. It's true. You heard me though. You were respectful about it. You're like, okay, yeah. Okay. Here we are now. Like almost what? Well, eight months later, nine months later. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to that crystal ball. Hawani mm. does have a crystal ball. You just have to trust her. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> lean into it. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that it has been pivotal in my growth. I mean, I, like you mentioned every month, I feel like that I'm going leaps and bounds, both in my career and individually mm. in my, in my personal evolution and growth. Um, and I think right now it is moving away from being in a corporate environment and the corporate expectations that I had and moving into more of a boutique company and given a large amount of autonomy and knowing that I need to speak up and I am intelligent and I'm there for a reason as all of our executive assistants are, you were hired for a reason to step into that. Step into knowing that you are a leader and that you are there for purpose. And the one thing that I would, would bring up is that executive assistants are leaders mm. and that is a powerful role to have. You have so much influence and so much strength. It is so much more than just a regular day job. You are huge in helping a company be successful. This came I know you guys, I keep saying this, but it's relevant. This came up yesterday, obviously your wonderful word of leadership. And I gave you credit because you brought it up quite a bit. I want to challenge the listeners because you're not with us at EAU. Leadership is such a basic word. And just like the word diet is basic, my type of diet that I might need to lose 10 pounds will be different than Taylor. However, we're both going to use the words to say I'm on a diet. And because that is so basic and also universal, and yes, the basic sort of Webster dictionary definition will mean, you know, someone, I don't even know what it says. I'm not going to try. I would actually challenge the listeners to think, what is the definition for you 
on leadership. Does that mean you have a good one-on-one meetings that you drive with your executive? You are leading in that moment. Leadership doesn't mean that every single day and week you are always leading people, but can you identify and for you, uh, Taylor, in your EA method journal, maybe trigger underneath the five-star review section. Like, did you lead that week? Did you lead that day? What did you do? Um, leadership is unique to each of you because each of your roles are unique. So maybe decide on whether or not you want to have a definition on what ultimately leadership means so that you can be more, um, micro in your perspective on, am I actually leading? And I just didn't fucking know it. Um, I'm making a little note to myself for the next version of the EA method, just because now I have an idea. Okay. Excellent. Very good. Any thoughts on kind of what I just mentioned with making your own definition for leadership before I go to the next question? And it always brings me back to, I know we had had discussions previously with one of my past mentors as well about what it means to be a leader. Mm -hmm. And when I first started early on in my career, it was, I was told you either coach up or you coach out. Hmm. And then when I met with my mentor, he told me that is not the way to approach leadership. You are defined by your C players and your ability to turn them into B and A players. Hmm. And I think that is stuck with me because whether or not it is your executive that you're trying to help and be a leader or for your company, it is also helping those around you succeed. Hmm. So great. Super great. Um, one of the greatest lessons we talked about was learning to navigate people, which I think quite honestly, what you just said is a super great segue to where we're going, uh, totally unplanned for the listeners in case you were wondering, uh, tell us what that means. Yeah. It's a, navigating it's a big people. one. <laughs> yeah. Big one. Give it to us. We're and, listening. I, and I think for me, that's one of my key strengths is reading energy and being able to read the room and sit back and listen to how people are feeling, how they are thinking, the words that they're using to describe what is happening. And then using that to your advantage in order to speak with someone and determine what they need help with. Mm. They may not they may not say I am slammed and I need these meetings to be reorganized so I can have more time to get XYZ project done, but by listening to them in conversations, you can pick that up and you can think ahead and you can think faster. And it's also learning how to speak with each executive Mm -hmm. or whoever you support versus email. One executive may want the details. The other executive may not want all that nitty gritty Mm -hmm. and you need to be able to adjust and learn what is key for everyone. And I know we even talk about it in EA university is the difference between maybe your executive doesn't want an email maybe that particular executive to reach them faster, just wants a teams or a Slack Mm -hmm. message. So it's really understanding everybody is different. Everyone learns differently, Mm -hmm. understanding what is best for everyone in order to communicate with them. I believe I gave you a concept to consider. Try one thing 10 times and don't give up before that 10th time because you just don't know. And I believe I gave the analogy that I had that rule taught to me with my kids. Do you remember me giving you that wisdom? Yeah, absolutely do. Yeah. And, and, and it's there for a reason. It's uncomfortable. Right. It's just something doesn't work out the first time. So you're like, Oh, we must have to scrap it. it. Yeah. But- 
Yeah. You got to try it about 10 times. And, and for the listeners sort of think about, Hey, with your executive, we're going to try something that's going to help us be stronger, work smarter. We're going to commit to 10 times together. And then we're going to say hard pass, change this super great. Let's keep doing it. You've got to do that. And I know for some of you, you might be rolling your eyes going, there's no way I can do that with my executive. Then I want you to lead and just do it without permission. That's not detrimental to your relationship or your role and just shift it a little bit. Executives cannot stomach well, the word change. They are where they are because of how they have been operating and they will not accept change. Taylor's nodding aggressively. They will not accept the word change. So say we're going to, we're going see, I was just going to say it. Uh, we're going to elevate the way that we work. I've got an idea. We're going to elevate the way that we work. I have an idea. We're going to try this idea 10 times. I'm ready to deploy it and let's see what happens. They hear change and they say hard pass. They do. Uh, so you talked because the question was about kind of navigating people. I want to point out who's your audience. The way you talk to your CFO or anyone accounting is super different than you talk to the marketing team. And it is a energy, which is why it's so gorgeous that each of us are unique in the talents and gifts that we bring have a place in this world. Um, so very cool. Did you write down yesterday, Leading Without Authority, the book? By Keith Ferrazzi. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I, I expect you to read that by the end of the year because <laughs> it really goes with navigating people. Okay. Uh, communication is a big part of navigating people. Tell everyone about how it, uh, important, good, simple communication is and how you turned the corner to finally get responses. Oh, goodness. Did you help me with this one? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, when I was first, I was, I came to you and I was like, Hawani, I'm not getting email responses. What do I do here? And, you know, at first I was like, is it because it's just not an important task? So they're putting on the back burner. And I don't believe it was that anymore because I learned how to effectively communicate with others. And that comes down to keeping it simple in your emails. You can call it the KISS method. I know I learned that in soccer growing up. Keep it simple, stupid. I like <laughs> and, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it really is just using the fine bullet points. And I always now go back and before I send an email, it's like, what can I get rid of in That's here that right. is not getting to the point? And if it's, if it, a lot of the time it'll be four sentences and I end up narrowing it down to one. Oh, so sexy. So sexy. <laughs> Leah and I are always working on that. Less is more, less is more. And sometimes I read um, when I'm doing coaching for other admins, I'm like, please share with me the email that you're not sure about. And they're like, hands are shaking to hit send to send it to me, which they know I love them. And so it's just a matter. I'm like, this is too much. Like those three sentences all meant the same thing. You have to sort of look at each sentence and say, are those words or necessary? Is it already implied? Uh, so I love that you do that. Keep it simple, stupid. That's been around a long time. This 43 year old Hilani, I've heard of that. So, and I know that you're younger than me. Uh, that's really awesome. So simple communication has helped you get responses. Yeah. And getting it down to a yes or no mm -hmm. response. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, or can select one a b or c option that's what that's my girl that's my girl i would say you guys who use outlook 
use a table, insert a table into the body of an email. If you have things that require responses. So they kind of see that Excel chart, right? And in that you have a couple columns and just a few rows, and then you have a second, uh, the final column, which could be labeled answer that way, hoping that they're at their computer. It's very challenging to do this on the cell phone uh, or an iPad or laptop, uh, preferably where there's a key full two hands keyboard, they can hit reply, put their cursor in that table, provide answers right there and hit send. And it's clean. It's clean. Expectation is understood. Um, it's really awesome. We should be using some of those tools a little bit more. What's a challenge in your current role you've overcome and are happy about now on the backside? Well, not to repeat ourselves and not to go, go back, but it really is. I know I listened to episode 29 of yours and it was discussed that if you're in the room, you're in the room for a reason. Mm. And for me, it was trying to adapt to a new role and being nervous. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I want to make a good impression. And it's stepping into myself and knowing that I'm there. I wouldn't be in that meeting if I wasn't supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't have anything to offer, they would not have hired me. They would not have hired you. You mm -hmm. have a lot to bring to the table. And now looking back, and looking at where I am now and my ability to speak up, I'm noticing such a difference in people's demeanor around me. Mm. It's, oh, wow, she, she, that is a good idea. She mm -hmm. does have something to say. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're searching for from you. You're mm -hmm. not doing your job as well as you could be if you're not providing feedback at the times that you should be, because ultimately you have the most insight in the company at times. Mm. And it's, it's stepping into that and being comfortable doing that and stepping into your confidence will bring you so far. Yeah. That was a neat thing that I liked sort of seeing come through throughout the day is just kind of having a pulse on more. How do I, as the, you know, admin, I'm generalizing it, you guys, I'm not lowering the title as an admin, you know, how do I kind of get that pulse? And it is building relationships with the flybys. It is saying, I'd like to only listen in on that budget meeting so that I have a chance to understand how we spend money. What are some of the goals? And just a matter of also then leveling um, and, and raising your impact because your fluency, which is a word I used a lot yesterday. Do you have a fluency on the topic? I'm not going to travel to another country and try to speak their language if I don't have a fluency. So dear God, I'm going to have an app that's going to help me through that if you know English isn't a common second language for them overseas. Um, kind of as we wrap it up just a little bit, one more question, then we'll have some closing wisdom. You know, what times do you have, uh, uh, what do you, uh, what, what times do you have for the listeners on, oh, tips, totally another typo. Yeah. Okay. Look at that. Uh, I'm not perfect. <laughs> what tips do you have for the listeners on better communication and maybe starting, which I gave you this wisdom in email? Yeah. Prepare. And well, first and foremost, removing the word just from oh. your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. it, it is demeaning to you. It shows, it shows, I, I feel like it makes you smaller in general. And I found myself a lot of times in email being like, oh, I'm just checking in to see X, Y, Z. Such and a good that, point. Knock that word out. It's naughty. It's naughty. It's not mm -hmm. like a good mm -hmm. effort or, or shit word, but it's naughty. <laughs> 
And, and it weakens your presence in email and communication. So it makes you so much smaller. Developing presence in your emails and um, also preparing in person for communication. And you, you don't underestimate the preparation of just creating an agenda for all of your meetings um, at point A, B, C that you are trying to accomplish. And also having solutions for those if your executives don't have solutions. Have an idea in mind because a lot of the time your executive might come back and say, oh, that's a good point. What are your suggestions on how to solve that? And you don't want to be caught off guard and, and say, oh, uh, I was hoping you'd have the answer because that's why they have you. They that's want right. you to have those solutions. Mm. And so preparing, I could not emphasize that more. Your brand has elevated in less than a year. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, a great sort of easy to relate to that kind of becomes an embedded reminder on what you just said with prepared. Jennifer Aniston is not going to show up to the set to film a scene without knowing her lines and knowing her lines that that is, quote, not her. And yet she has to convince us that she is that character she's been hired to play in that movie, that show, that commercial. And so, well, yes, I'm not asking all of you to audition for a movie next to Jennifer Aniston. I am pointing out the importance of preparing. And I, and I say this, and I know I said this to you, but you know, you have so much control before you hit send in working on your composure in email that that is where the practice begins. That is where the preparation begins because you're refining and you're controlling and you're elevating your brand when you send communication out and it is on point and it is different than any other assistant that this executive or even this other assistant has interacted with. And they're like, this email is so clean, got right to the point. There's bullets. There's already like a call to action with a suggestion. Hey, does this work? Cause then all that person has to do is say yes. And there isn't this continuous back and forth, back and forth. Um, yeah. So think about Jennifer Aniston or whichever celebrity you admire. Um, for me, I, I adore her and uh, Reese Witherspoon for sure. And a few others. And I think the preparation is key. And I actually had not thought about that. I'll be giving you this credit at future EA universities, putting that word just in front of our title. We all kind of complain about that. I had never thought to say, strike that from your email. I obviously, if someone showed me an email, I would have verbally told them because I'd be triggered to say, get that out of there. But we need to talk about that. And I think that you bringing that up here is freaking awesome. Very awesome. Any closing wisdom here as we wrap up our time? Yeah, real quickly. My last closing wisdom, both personally and for work, is the biggest thing that's helped me for my perfectionism and our anxiety as EAs is nightly affirmations before mm. you go to bed as you're closing your eyes, think about how positive your day tomorrow is going to be. Think about mm. everything you want to accomplish and how you're going to do it so well. You're going to wake up with confidence. You're going to wake up stronger and better than you were the day before and do that before you go to bed versus going to bed and thinking about anxious thoughts. That's what you're going to wake up to is anxiety. If that's what you go to bed feeling. I challenge you to write like a trigger word in your free thinking space and your EA method for the next day. Yeah. I'd love this. I'd love to know if you use that space for that. Um, and you meant, so that's personally. So what were you going to say for business? 
Uh, well, I, I would tie that, that actually into business. Into it. Yeah. Okay. That's what I yeah. figured. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, very awesome. That nightly affirmation and, you know, I'm not perfect. I have bad days and I, d- I just have to like get it together to say, you know, am I going to continue to be negative and that's going to make me better question mark. Uh, so I really love that about your energy. And I've admired that since our very first call almost a year ago now in that, you know, how can I be a positive influence in one, how I display, which aligns with leadership. We talked about being an influencer yesterday through our body language and our verbal and written communication and the quality of your questions and how that triggers people listening from a new place, which is really important for your executives. So putting a bow on this wonderful conversation, Taylor, thank you. You did excellent. Even though you said you're a little nervous, uh, as everyone should hear, she prepared, right? We had predetermined questions and she totally prepared. So that proved, uh, her, uh, and served her very well. Uh, I'm so proud of you. I'd obviously don't say that condescendingly, (laughs) and I'm really excited to see where you go and thank you for spending this time with me. Thank you for having me, Helani. I don't even know where to begin. We covered so much thought-provoking, laughter, and just great conversation. Remember, you're the reason you get up every day and work as hard as you do. Do things for you, your executive, and your organization. And remember, it's all worth it.